Are you tired of all the dating games, rules, and societal norms that make falling in love confusing and stressful? Then join us as we ditch the script and empower you to establish healthy, conscious relationships. This weekly podcast breaks down popular dating reality television and educates you on healthy versus toxic dating habits. I'm Brianna, a licensed therapist. And I'm Alex, a trauma-informed and certified narcissist recovery coach. Are you ready to ditch the script? Did you guess the song? No, I couldn't guess the song. I heard, I heard something like mad, crazy, yeah. mad, yes. what? Woman. Mad woman. Taylor Swift. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I was like, I was like going like this, but like, I was like, I don't woman. think she like trying to be like the giant. To your crotch. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. No. Like jumpsuit. This thing oh, you're wearing thanks. is sick. Thank you. Thank you. I, I got it. it as a hand-me-down from my sister. Okay. Yes, Jackie. Jackie's love. closet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I like it too. It has like a cute little side boob action, but not too mm. much side boob. Yeah. And just it like has a, a really fun zipper down the back. So, you know, it's a vibe. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. Yeah. Okay. I love it. I love it. Um, Maybe this is something that we'll do in our like muted intro in the beginning of each episode mm. is like, one, it'll be like muted karaoke, and then we have to guess like what we're oh yeah we're like singing. charades yeah charades but like thirty That'll seconds be, of singing yeah. charades and then you have to guess it oh shit yeah. that's yeah it's let's fun. do it okay yeah. cool well we got it I only yeah. understood Taylor Swift I didn't I, and I'm not well versed on like you were on all the trail the with like mad crazy you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I did get that. You shouldn't have to be though to like guess it you know if I'm doing a good job it's really that's on true me, charades. You know? Yeah, uh-huh. it's really on me. Yeah, we would have gotten there if it was real life, and I was like, because you were already there, and then you would have been able to see the crotch, like mad yeah. vagina, mad like mad, it would have been interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but mad we would have got there. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 I love this for us in our show. <laughs> we do. Yeah. Um. Okay. Today. Today yeah. we're gonna pick back up on something that we were talking about at the end of our episode um, last week, and mm. if you're a person who only listens to the first 30 minutes of our show, listen to the rest of it. Yeah, you should. That's really (laughs) when it gets good. Like, yes, we talk about some things that are maybe a little heavy, but we interject so many good golden nuggets and half the time they're kind of funny golden nuggets. Yes. You're missing out. You're missing out. Also, like, it's this like healthy combination of We've been recording for almost an hour and a half at that point. We're starting to <laughs> so get a delirious. little delusional. Exactly. Yeah. And so things things that are coming out of our mouths are equal parts like passion, jokes, and just silliness because uh, we're hanging on yes. by a thread. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. Usually Man. I have to pee. I'm like, we got to go. I got to, I got to pee. We have ASAP. dogs around trying to like, you know, get our totally. attention. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but last week towards the end of our episode, we were talking about talking. We were talking about talking hmm, <laughs> with our new partners about our ex-partners mm-hmm. and how that can sometimes be a slippery slope if you don't do it well. Yeah. I think that we just sort of wanted to like take this topic that is 
typically talked about is like, don't talk about your exes. Um, Mm -hmm. And for us to open up for a little bit of nuance, because would I want to hear about someone's ex on a first, second or third date? Uh, First or second date? Probably not. Because I want to be able to just like get to see how I feel hanging out with this person. But once we start spending more time together, I don't really want to assign numbers, but if you're a numbers gal, like three through seven, if you start losing count of how many times you've hung out with this person, I think talking about your past relationships is important. It is important. It is important. And I'll say like, for me, like I've been on a couple dates where even within the first three, it's like the more like not the depth of why it didn't work out with my partner came up but way more like why are you single kind of came up or how long have you been single and so like alluding to like you know it worked like i remember the first like on my first date with my should we just tell them oh my god yeah (laughs) we gotta tell them yeah guys i have a boyfriend (laughs) whoop whoop I have a boyfriend and he's Mm -hmm. great. And I'm actually recording this podcast from his apartment right now. Um, But uh, on our first date, it kind of came up and because it was like, we were both kind of surprised the other person was single. And but it was way more like it didn't work out because it didn't work out. That's a story for another day. Like I alluded to it and like we moved on. And then like, as we got to develop that rapport, then the details of like, what were you going through? Like, how did you contribute? Like all of those like lines came out. So yeah. Yeah. I like to, when we're talking about our exes, the reason why I like opening up those conversations and I like it to be mutual though. I I will add that honoring people's boundaries in these conversations are really important because you might not be in the same level of openness when you're talking about past experiences. Um, Also, we're honoring all past experiences. These don't just have to be these classic labeled monogamous. uh, We had the talk. We're exclusive boyfriend and girlfriend. I talk. I have had a lot of situationships or really brief relationships. And I honor them as such because not that I feel like I got a claim like I was dating someone, but because I was dating someone and and there is relevant experience even in those brief moments or those brief relationships that where I'm learning about myself that would be helpful to talk to my new partner about. So as I was saying, like the the reason why I like to talk about or open up the conversation about our exes is because I do like to be able to say, also when someone's meeting me, they're kind of like, oh my God, you're great. Like, what, like, how are you single? And it's like, okay, you're meeting, you're meeting a, a more evolved version of me. Let me tell you why. Yeah. This is where yeah, exactly. These are yeah. these are the things that I was, you know, challenged with. These are the things that I'm still challenged by, but this is what I do to like take Work care of myself it. in these moments. Yeah. yeah. Um totally. and I would like to know the same things about another person, but again, sometimes people aren't ready to share that, but yeah. if they're never willing to share it, personally for me it's a red flag. Agreed. Well, and I, I want to confirm that because in my most unhealthy relationship, um, it was about a year and a half after my divorce. Mm -hmm. And I, for me, that was such a big, like, I have to tell people now that I'm divorced. And so when I met my most unhealthy ex, I remember about six weeks in when I was kind of ready for exclusivity. 
mm -hmm. brought it up, but I wanted to tell him about my divorce before exclusivity. And we hadn't yeah. really talked about our past. Right. And so I brought it up. I was like, look, I'm really getting to like, enjoying getting to know you, but I'm also at a place where like, I kind of need to share some stuff about my past with you if we're going to keep moving forward and like towards mm -hmm. the trajectory of a relationship. And this person looked at me and said, our pasts are a past for a reason. You don't need to know anything about mine and I don't need to know anything about yours. Like shut it down. Hard. And me being, and like kind of like stern like that, not like, ah, it's okay. Like not like that. Like, yeah, no, it wasn't <laughs> like that. It was way more like, no. Like you, like you don't need to know anything about mine and I don't need to know anything about yours. And really in hindsight, it was like, girl run. But mm -hmm. in the moment I was like, oh, he's so mature. He just, he doesn't need to know. Like, that's what I thought. I was like, wow, he, he's really emotionally mature to not give a crap about what I've been like, not thinking that it's like, well, he doesn't want to share what he's been through. Cause it's been right. real unhealthy. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. So, um, it's, I completely agree. I think it's a huge red flag. I think, and I also like, maybe let's like give a, to a spectrum to this too. Like the example I just shared with everybody, like that is very much like very red. It's a solid red flag, but yeah. I want to give opportunity to the people who might not be as into personal development or emotionally conscious in the sense of like, I want to look back on what I learned from that relationship and they might not articulate it well. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I, like, I think there's people out there who it might not be so red flaggy, maybe like a yellow, yellow flag, a pink flag. If it's a struggle for them to like articulate what they've learned and, and, and implemented since their previous relationships that has contributed to who they are today. Yeah. Um, but like, I can speak from experience, even in this current relationship, that's some of the most powerful conversations we've had is like, what have you been missing? What do you need? What does that look like for you? Right? Like mm -hmm. we've had a lot of conversations like that and it, the emotional intimacy is just amazed. So I wish it for everybody. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, it just, it's just a good conversation to be able to like yeah. get, get there with someone. Um, totally. learn a lot about someone before you're like, oh, I, it's just a good opportunity for you to be like, if I've been thinking more and more about myself in relationships, what I'm looking for in relationships, what I think that I need, having those conversations before you get to a place of we're not going to see other people, let's be exclusive, yeah. let's be each other's partners for real, for real. It can be kind of nice to be able to be like, if this thing if this thing that someone is telling me that they've learned from their past experiences or that they were party to in their past experiences that is making me feel like, ah, 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 not sure how I feel about that. If that thing never changes, would I still want to be with this person? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's, and like we've said this before, but we'll say it again. When it's not, could I marry who's in front of me or could I have a long-term partnership with who's in front of me right now? That is the epitome of dating potential, right? It's mm -hmm. like, I'll date you and hopefully coerce you into, you know, being more emotionally mature or getting, this is where we can also get into white knighting. Like, let me save you from this situation because I see your potential and this is what, you know what I mean? You deserve, right. or like, let me help you get here. And it really like, it doesn't serve us. It, it always comes back to bite us in the ass. And so 
like, I think even checking in with yourself as you continue to date your partner and as you continue to establish exclusivity and like, even a few months into that, it's like, would I still, could I still commit? Like, I really think that's what it is. It's a recommitment every time, like, you know, that that relationship levels up. So yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything else to say about it? No. All right. Well, let's talk about Ultimatum. It got real juicy. Yeah. Ultimatum's going crazy. And I I like, I know that a lot of people have a lot of feelings about this season, but I still think that if we take the first season of Ultimatum and this season of Ultimatum, this one wins hands down. Totally. I completely agree. I think there's more conscious conversations happening um, on a few of the contestants or contestants, people's (laughs) whatever they're called, the players, the, the peeps, <laughs> what do we the homies. I don't know. The cast, <laughs> the cast, the cast. Thank you. I love it. Um, <laughs> by the way, while I was watching these episodes, I lurked Colby and Madeline cause I needed to know if they were still together and they are, and they have baby number two on the way. Of course and they do. It's exactly what's wild is someone commented on one of their photos where they're like, we're so in love with our baby. Right. And like, here's our next one. Someone's like, is it real? Or is this just fake happiness? I mean, I I don't even have the question because I just don't buy it. Me neither. Especially like with rushing to baby number two on the way. It's like, don't get me wrong. I I hope, I hope me too. I don't wish I don't I'm not over here like hoping and praying they're yeah, miserable. Yeah, yeah. That is we do not have a vendetta against. And by the way, if you're like who are who the hell are these ladies talking about? We're talking about Colby and Madeline from the very first ever Ultimatum mm-hmm. on Netflix and it was the most some of the most toxic shit I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. So yeah. We're just agog that they're still <laughs> together. together. Even even when they came on the reunion and they were pregnant, I was just like this is a mistake. When then when they were getting married on the show, this was I a, thought it was. I'm screaming. Well, you, I was like throwing shoes at the TV because the <laughs> show is supposed to just end with people either getting engaged or breaking up. It's not yes, love is and blind. Then he's like, let's get married right now. And yeah. we were like, that's a red flag. You're not yeah. even giving this person a moment to process if they to even want to engaged. Yeah, yeah. So they get married, and we were like, oh no, 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 no. And then the reunion hits, and then we see um, pumping babies up in there. Yeah, they're already pregnant. We, I, Alex and I, were just like, "Oh no, 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 no." Guys, no. getting married not going to solve your problems. Having Mm-mm. a baby not going to solve your problems. And I really want to get away from that because I still have clients come to me who are getting so much pressure from their families, like in unhealthy relationships to just have a kid or just get married and it'll help. And it's like, look, when we get married or when we have babies, we really tie ourselves to a person, especially Mm -hmm. for an extended period of time. You know what I Mm -hmm. mean? And it's like, I don't know if previous generations think tying yourself to a person equates to it working out. Cause let's be very clear here. Working out, is not the same as being happy. Staying Mm-mm. together is not the same as having a happy, healthy relationship, right? There are mm-hmm. plenty of people who go around bragging, we've been married for 60 years. And it's like, well, how happy have you been during those 60 years? And I'm totally. sure there's people out there who have been madly in love and amazed. Thank you. Please share with us your wisdom and secret sauce for your relationship. But mm-hmm. a lot of people have normalized being unhappy in long-term marriages for the sake of staying married for the sake of the kids or whatever. And I'm Mm -hmm. over it. Like I want to get away from 
this normalized like marriage is just supposed to be hard and and yeah have babies totally. to try and make it better yeah Bullshit. relationships are hard marriage is hard but it's supposed to be hard with uh with room for uh personal growth and reaching new levels of intimacy that you really have to work for um, it's not just how do I sustain living with my partner whom I actually don't even really like. Yeah, exactly. Like, ugh, no. Gross. No. So I get I get that from Colby and Madeline. Anyway, but this season, back to Ultimatum Queer Love, 100%, way better conversations happening. I'm actually seeing people grow on the show and like using the show that way instead of like last season, that was not it. Um, totally. so, you know, I just like, thank you to the cast, honestly, for like caring and, and doing that because, you know, mm-hmm. Netflix didn't make them do that. Like these individuals utilize this experience for this purpose. And I really want to applaud that and say, thank you. Like, thank you for mm-hmm. doing your best with that in front mm-hmm. of us and modeling it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm with that. Um, okay, so what we have is basically the last couple of days of everyone's trial marriages with the original people that they showed up on the show with, so their original couples. Yeah. And then we're about to see if people break up in finality and leave engaged. Uh, those, I guess, are the only two options, or maybe couple up with someone else. And then that'll be the last episode, and then the next episode will be the reunion. So our next episode of Ditch the Script should probably just cover those two things and that's what we're gonna Amazed. do um, oh my God, I'm so, excited. so let's just let's just tackle one one plot line of each couple at a time I'm let's just go into your ride okay um i i do want to start with xander and vanessa because they kind of show up at the beginning of the of the of the show and okay what what's interesting is xander and vanessa are on a date in which they're sort of like I don't know. They're reconnecting and Vanessa says something or Xander says something like, um, about Vanessa 2.0 and really getting to, to experience and enjoy this like new and improved Vanessa, the Vanessa that wants to leave here engaged, sees marriage as something that she's interested in the future. And I just, was upset by this because I was like, there is no Vanessa 2.0. I'm not saying that she hasn't had any shift of perspective at all. I just I, don't think that it's this, I just don't think that it's this, genuine. The, this like, I don't think it's genuine. And I don't think it's this, the amount of miles between, I don't want any marriage. I'm sick at the thought of being with one yeah, person forever to, I want you to get married. I want to get married to you. I see my life with you. I want to be with you. You are my person. I'm sorry that I've never given all of my love to you. Is yeah. bullshit. bullshit. For real. For real. It doesn't make sense. It's like, you know, do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Like some shit is up here. I don't understand it. And really, you know what? I'm I'm being facetious because it's like, I don't understand Really what it is, is it's calculation and it's manipulation because Vanessa doesn't want to leave the show alone. And I think she just wants to hook Xander back in mostly because she's pissed that Xander fell in love with somebody else. Yeah. 
I really think it's that. It has nothing to do with actually wanting to marry Xander. It has nothing to do with Vanessa truly realizing like, oh my God, I've, you know, balked at monogamy this whole time. And maybe it is something that I actually want. I don't think any of that's happening. I purely think she's like, uh, but her, that her person that she's been with for four years, fell in love with someone in three weeks. And now she's like, what do I need to do to hook line and sink? Yeah. Even, even like the way that she talks about their relationship of being like, I'm getting glimpses of who you were again. It's very clear that Vanessa prefers the way that their relationship was before, which in which she held a lot of the power. Um, Xander was someone who had expressed like, I'm not, I don't like in this relationship with Yoli, I don't have to ask for so much. Like I can just be myself. I I don't have to fight oh so my God. hard. What a and, beautiful relationship. And with and with Vanessa, <laughs> Vanessa's like kind of craving things the, as they were. Right. Though she like decides that she wants to get married again. She wants to get married to a complacent Xander. She doesn't yes. want to get married to a self-actualized Xander. No, and that that is exactly like what manipulation at its finest because that's exactly it what brie just said she a complacent xander a people pleasing xander a fond response xander someone who Mm -hmm. is going to let vanessa continue to get away and do whatever the hell vanessa wants without any feelings about it you know Mm -hmm. and it's like what vanessa i'm sorry what xander describes when reflecting on their relationship with yoli it's like it makes it gives me like the most warm fuzzy goosebumps in the sense that it's like I don't have to ask for much like I can just be like I could just be that is isn't that the goal like to to just coexist with someone in a space where you feel safe being like Mm -hmm. oh man it it made me it made me ache a little I was like oh my god it was kind of interesting to see Vanessa's dad really hit the nail on the head. And then Vanessa gets defensive about it. And then Vanessa get defensive about it. But I, I, I'm actually really grateful for her dad's soundbite in this moment because he was like, Hey, listen, I recognize this. I recognize this in myself. In that moment, I was like, Oh, this is kind of a self-aware person. Um, Yeah. Yeah, Better than the first interaction we got with from him. I was like, okay. The first one was weird. Real weird. (laughs) I mean, maybe it was the cameras or something, or maybe I have a feeling, I feel like she alluded to not seeing her dad for a while. So maybe like he just felt like this is such a publicity stunt for my kid type vibes that he was super awkward the first time. And maybe the next time he was like, okay, this is, I know what to, how to like be present despite the cameras this time, maybe. I don't know. Okay. And another theory, another theory is Ray was a new person and maybe that's how he sort of shows up and masks in front of a new person. So great point. Love it. Thank you. Maybe. We don't know because I don't know this man. He literally came out of nowhere. Yeah, (laughs) for real. But this time he shed some wisdom and I agree with you. I was like, you go daddy-o. Like, come on now. So basically basically what he calls Vanessa out for, and he does it in a pretty like non-judgmental way. So true. Yeah. Like, and again, because I think it comes from a place of experience. He's like, listen, I've been in a relationship where I, like, I was back and forth with my thoughts about this person for a really long time. But then the minute that it seemed like they were ready to leave and they were kind of done with this experience, I was like, 
oh, I, I can give you everything that you've been asking for. And what he says specifically is, it's not that I wanted this person. It's that I was uncomfortable with how my ego was affected when this person yeah. was ready to leave. And yeah. I, and, and he's sort of suggesting, he's like, could that be what's happening right now? And yeah. Vanessa didn't take that too well, but, but anyone who has eyes and ears, even on a show as edited and like kind of fake as this, they can see that that, that is what is happening. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Yeah. Um, and the thing that the thing that kind of made made me laugh was when he was like, you know, it sounds like Xander progressed more in the ideas of like, what do I want? What do I need in a relationship? And um, Vanessa gets defensive and is like, I disagree. I did the same thing just because I didn't fall in love and have sex with somebody a lot doesn't mean. And I was like, that's her trying to throw Xander under under the bus with her dad. Yeah. To be yeah. like, dad, she fell in love and had sex with someone else and you're over here saying she's doing the right thing. Like right. that was her way of trying to like tattletale on her partner. Mm -hmm. um, when it's like, girl, like you and Ray had your stuff too. And you got your, like you did your thing. Like don't even, don't, don't try. Right. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, I thought it was, I thought that was really interesting. And I, yeah, I, I feel, I hope Vanessa figures it out. I really do. I don't think she's going to figure it out right now because we would have, I think, already seen some growth. Um, but I do hope she figures it out. Maybe watching this back. We'll see how she feels on the reunion. Totally. I've been thinking yeah. about that a lot. There's so much I'm in so me that curious. wants to like blast through and just watch the reunion because I just, I'm Girl, dying. It was hard for me to stop this last, this next episode. I was like, fuck, okay, I want to know what happened. I know, yeah. I know. Um, oh. Yeah, I think... I, I just, I want to make an example out of Vanessa and we've, we've definitely been trying to do this since we started to, since we met her. Um, yeah. but if, if the relationship that you're in with a person is as Xander has experienced it, which is like, I'm pining after a person that like, I can see my life with and they haven't wanted the same things as me. Um, and then when the tides kind of change and the, the, who holds the power in that relationship shifts a little bit. Uh, and now Xander now like sees that there's life outside of this relationship and has dipped yeah. a toe and, or at least has gotten to have that experience of like, oh, I could be treated differently. And Vanessa's behavior changes immediately once that happens. I just yeah. want people to be aware that when Vanessa is making all of these grand gestures with the hot air balloon and the poetry and all of these big promises and all of these really beautiful big statements of, okay, I want these things, everything you've been saying that you want, I'm here for you. I really want people Curing. to be, think very critically about, I want you to like check in with yourself about how that actually feels. Because even if you are hearing someone that you love say things that you've been wanting them to say for such a long time, if it smells like fish, it probably is fish, you know? So it's like, I, I need people to kind of check in with the fact that like someone would make big gestures once they get, they, they get the, the sense of awareness that you might leave them. Like yeah. they will make big promises. That doesn't mean that this is your relationship 2.0. No yeah. real work has actually been done. No, Exactly. It's, it's a form of love bomb. It is love bombing. All, everything that Brie described falls under the love bombing category. 
and it can be used by anxiously attached people to self-soothe right any like fear anyone with strong fears of abandonment or neglect will could trigger and and you know lean into those tactics um so it's just like we need to understand that um i say this and and you and i have said this before like real love and emotional growth like trending towards love and healthy relationship is a slow burn it's not like a overnight hot and heavy like everything all at once vibe it really isn't it's like someone who is consciously approaching relationships is going to want to take their time in getting to know the person and keeping their feelings in check making sure that they're qualifying and vetting the person before they're like heading down the aisle right so mm -hmm. if someone wants to skip the steps of like getting to know you at your best getting to know you at your worst getting to know you at everything in between if they want to skip that and be like let's just run off to europe in a lope huge red flag that's not mm -hmm. I, I like you know the word normal but like it's not healthy that's for sure you know uh -huh. yeah um yeah and, and it there's real there's no emotional depth there there's no rapport there in that so yeah it, it's it's hard to watch honestly a little bit it's cringy if we could switch sides for a second um yeah even with switching. xander like yes i'm i'm kind of confused about what xander wants agreed yeah i wasn't stoked about what happened in this episode yeah so and we'll we'll share more about the 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 flip side of this experience on the yoli and mal side of this relationship but there's like a cocktail party eventually where um yoli and uh yeah, yeah the whole group gets that's okay that's mid on everybody uh-huh <laughs> just you cosplay as an old man um yoli and xander get together and sort of reconnect and like vibes are vibing between the vibes two of them vibing. and like i get yeah. it like they're not over each other i don't know how grounded they're their lust for one another is i know that we saw a beautiful relationship start to like build and form um, totally and that matters and I, I, I it that could lead to a lot of quality relationship building totally. but right now yeah. i do still feel like there's just a lot of like sexual tension and lust agreed yeah yeah it's early days it's early days they want to jump each other's bones and i love that for them but they're yeah. and and i and i also have respect for the fact that they're trying to figure out what that means while they're navigating their own personal choices about the long-term relationships that they came here with yeah however xander <sighs> is very much giving vibes to yoli like hey say the word if you want to do this like i want to do yeah. it i'm not over it i want to be with you let's do it yeah and she straight up she she doesn't even just gives vibes she's like she proposes. she says it she's like she want to get married let's do it it was like whoa and and <laughs> i i like i get that and i'm and i'm glad that xander is willing to like make that leap from the type of relationship that xander has previously been coming from totally um, i do hope that xander knows that like if it's not yoli it doesn't have to be Vanessa either. Exactly. Yeah, because I, I really like, I feel for the people who came here and are giving the ultimatum, they're like trying to latch on to somebody to marry. Like we see it in Xander, we see it in Lexi. And I'm just, and we, you know, Sam, not as much, but like similar vibes where mm -hmm. it's like, 
you know, I'm leaving here with somebody. Someone's, right. someone's going to marry me. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, back to what Bree said. Yo, engaged, not actual marriage. Like, mm-hmm. but I do think like everyone's so focused on the M word that it's like, yeah, we could be engaged and keep building and see how this goes. Like, I would love for that to be the conversation instead of like, let's get married. It's like, let's get engaged and see how this goes. Because I agree with you. Three weeks. Not enough. Anyone can fall in love with somebody in three weeks and it's going to literally be the honeymoon phase. Like to Mal's point, are we going to eventually talk? Cause I kind of want to, I kind of want to hit home what Mal says. Like yeah, she, she kind of go, look, Mal, I, ad- I adore this person. She, yeah. she is so like, I feel for her too. in a few, in a few times in, in these episodes, but she she gets a little I don't want to say hot-headed is not the right word defensive that's kind of the right word where mm-hmm. she kind of stakes her claim over Yoli in a way by saying like I choose Yoli every day I know her trauma and I still choose her and like mm-hmm. Xander hasn't seen that in Yoli yet mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Xander's gotten the best versions of Yoli over and over again and like hasn't seen Yoli be triggered hasn't seen and same with Yoli with Xander Whereas Mal, you know, the relationship that Yoli had with Mal, Mal has seen all those sides of her and very much like knows what they would be signing up for getting married to Yoli, you know? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I agree with that. I think that's really the missing piece here. And, um, you know, in this little conversation that Mal, Yoli and Xander have, Xander finally owns up to that. It is like, you're like, that's not us. Like, I haven't known her that long to be able to speak to that, you know? So like at least Xander like and I I applaud Xander for honestly very for answering very honestly and then Mal was like but do you choose Yoli and Xander's like I'm choosing myself right now like and I right. thought that was the best way she could have responded to so yeah I think it was important for them it to got like hold intense. it did get intense and and it was important for them to hold a boundary yeah I understood Mal's question I thought that the timing was bad agreed um I understand. Like not the place. Yeah, I'm glad that Mal sort of brought this to the surface of like, I, 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 I ride for this person. Like, this yeah. is a person that I know really well, and that I want to continue to to make things. If someone, especially if Mal, if someone was telling me that, that was like, I would choose so you through all, uh, the the way that that would cure my rejection sensitivity. <laughs> right. Yeah. I I would. I would, the way it would cure whatever sensitivity I have to abandonment, that's, that's security. What that looks like in practice. Yeah. That's challenging. What Yoli's asking of Mal in, in their relationship, incredibly valid as well, but they do have a person that's saying, I'm locked in, I'm locked in for life, whatever we got to go through, whatever we're going to deal with. Like, I'm, I'm, I want you to know, like, I've seen all sides of you and none of them scare me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Yeah. But I think so, that, that I, th- I thought that Mal bringing this up at the cocktail party was just very reactive to them feeling exactly. really wounded. I don't even think that they were trying to be super territorial. I think that they were just wounded with, no. honestly, yeah. the amount of grace and patience that Mal exhibited while Yoli was like physically drawn to Xander. Um, yeah. Mal is so understanding and so calm and so cool and really provides their partner with as much space as they think that that, per, that partner is asking for that. Yes. Um, I really, I, I, I thought that they were like practicing a lot of patience and then they kind of lost it in this moment. I thought that that was a result of so. it. Exactly. Yeah. I think, I think she just was in a pressure cooker and then, you know, 
again, like she she's looking at Yoli so um differently than I don't you know, and I don't even want to say differently, but like very intentionally. And mm-hmm. so I think it's just frustrating for Mal because she, they know what she they've built with um, Yoli and to have mm-hmm. someone in three weeks, like interject themselves into something you've built over a period of time. It's like, it is scary. It feels really like, whoa, how, how can that even happen? You know? So I'm surprised, I'm surprised that Mal hasn't like dropped the, kept it together this long. No. Yeah. Well, that, but I'm surprised that Mal hasn't dropped the, do you remember what I was worried about with you, with you being like watering wherever you are? I told you so. Yeah. I'm surprised. I would have been like, this is literally what I was worried about. I know you, I know that like, truly tell me what makes me different. And I, at the same time, I think that I don't have any issues with how Yoli's trying to conduct all of this. I do think that Yoli's trying to be as respectful as possible and they're yeah. human and she's a human being and she's like she's like trying to have a conversation and explore what's what hasn't been dealt with with Xander in the few opportunities that they're going to have together before this all like wraps up for real but yeah. i i i kind i do understand and i wonder how the audience felt about yoli like us learning that yoli was talking about finances regarding ivf with xander while they were in their trial marriage yeah I understand Yoli taking consideration that I love Mal, but is Mal prepared to help me get to where I want to be in my life? And that's have a family. Um, And I, and, and, and that sounds really brutal, but it also is true. Like it's first of all, it's expensive as fuck. It's expensive as hell. And if that's factoring into what she sees for her life, she's allowed to, have those honest conversations as as soon as it may feel and ask those questions yep. of a brand new partner partner and bring that to her old partner. She's been nothing but honest with Mal about what's been discussed with Xander, all of this stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. 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 All of it. Every I completely agree. It's it's one of those things like and we eventually when we see Mal and Yoli sit down with Mal's friends, like we eventually see them get to a place where like love isn't enough sometimes Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. i mean majority of the time it's not like we can love someone but like if our lifestyles don't align if the way that we're like where our goals are the trajectory of a trajectory of where what we want to achieve in our life doesn't align like it sucks and it's painful but it doesn't align you know and like we can't force each other and so i don't think mal's incapable of getting to a place where xander is i just think you know, Xander approached her finances and saving one way and now in their way. And it's just different. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. So Yoli's now not only stuck between the personality of these two different partners, but also, yeah, just the realisticness of like the next steps. So mm-hmm. I don't, dude, I'm like, I'm like I said, I'm, I need to know, I need to know what happens next. We do We do know that just with Yoli and Mal, what ends up happening is Mal proposes to Yoli, um, which we yeah. could have seen coming because Mal, Mal had told Yoli that they had spoken to Yoli's parents and asked for a blessing. And did you take any issue with Mal sort of starting to lose her cool when they were talking in their apartment one of those nights? 
Um, which part? Hold on, let me. They were like out. having a conversation, and and Mal kind of was like, "Oh, I don't make breakfast for my roommates." That whole thing. Yeah, but it, how it sort of ended, where she was just like, "I'm trying to tell you that I'm." I'm here for you. I'm here despite all of this stuff. Like, what is it that you are looking for from me? What do you want from me? What else do you want from me? Because I like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to give it all. Yeah. 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 Um, I think this was probably the most triggered we've seen Mal. Yeah. Um, cause the one thing, cause she starts to say like, look, you deserve a hell yes. And I deserve a hell yes too. Like, Mm -hmm. and I want to find someone who I'm a hell yes for. Um, and the one quote that I have from Mal that I really didn't like, I understood where it was coming from, but still didn't like it when she was like, I'm like dying, I'm dying for you over here. What is it that you want from me? Like, what Mm -hmm. do you want from me? Mm -hmm. And this is like, for me, like, this just goes to show that there's, like, some anxious attachment because I feel like this is definitely, like, the motto of an anxiously attached person. They're like, what do I need to become for you to love me so that you can accept me and choose me and then we're going to be okay, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's coming from this, like, I need to soothe. I need you to want me back. So what do I need to do? And Yoli struggles to answer that because it's like, she loves Mal. Like, it's not that Mal isn't enough or that Mal isn't doing the right thing things it's not that mal needs to become someone other than mal Mm -hmm. it's just that the logistics and it's very much that the logistics of the two different partnerships she's explored is different and she's trying Mm -hmm. to figure out what logistics because if it was emotion i think she would just pick mal if it was just Mm -hmm. emotion Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. anyway that that was my biggest like thing that i wrote down yeah 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 I think Mal's getting to a place of if you're not, if, if you can't, if you can't accept me for what I'm trying to commit to with us together, then, then I'm eventually I'm going to have to walk. I don't know if that's what ends up happening because obviously we see how Mal proposes, but (sighs) I don't know. I want to date Mal. Yeah. She's dope. 100. Dope. Oh my God. Yeah. Mal has so many qualities that I want in a partnership. Like that like space, that understanding, that curiosity to understand. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. That patience. Yeah. That, that social awareness in a group setting. For real. Hot. And <laughs> it is super hot. Yeah. They're very emotionally intelligent. Um. The other thing is, is not many people can hear their partner be like, I'm in love with two people and not be, not like lose their shit. Oh my God. And instead be like really respectful about it and understanding about it and still do what they want to do for them. Like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, very emotionally strong and intelligent, but Mm -hmm. kudos for Mal. Um, okay. Who's next? Who do we want to unpack next? Austin, Sam, Lexi, Ray. Let's talk about Lexi and Ray. Okay. Um, So Lexi and Ray reconnect emotionally and physically, I think. They they like their vulnerability sort of reconnects at the beginning of of these episodes. 
I very much that, imply that they got it on. Yeah, yeah, they got it on, um, which I think is helpful for them because they, they clearly needed to reconnect and they needed to create a safe space for the two of them to start talking about their feelings again. Mm-hmm. But yeah. unfortunately, that didn't last very long. No. <laughs> Dude, I I kind of want these two to break up. I need <laughs> them to break up. I need I need Lexi to get a little bit of a reality check. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um. I think she has, I think Lexi has like idolized in a weird way, like the concept of marriage. And like, I think she keeps telling herself like she'll feel safe and secure or desired once she's married. Like, I think Lexi has a lot of insecurities that she's hoping marriage and having a woman in her life will take care of. Mm. Like, I, I can't think of anything else why she's so gung ho about it. You know, uh, like I I can, I can. Um, okay. Tell so, me. so Yes. That's, that's probably very relevant, but I also know that marriage factors into people's checklist of what helps them feel accomplished. Right. Yeah. So sometimes like, and, and the reason why I find that to be relevant for Lexi in particular is because Lexi is such a charge horse with her personal goals. All of the goals that she seeks for herself professionally financially she is able to be fully in control of and love and commitment and a relationship and a marriage is just one of those things where you can have control over it but not all not 100% control and I think that marriage feels like it sort of like checks this box of like okay got that done okay got that done okay got that done yeah um that's kind of what I mean is like there's she's chasing some kind of like to soothe whatever it is in her that like yeah. thinks she's gonna be something gotcha. like am I gonna be better am I gonna be more stat is it a status thing is it a you know like there's so many different versions of insecurity but I don't I just don't it's like girl you're gorgeous you have your shit together you're 20 fucking four years old like yeah Slow you down. have so much time you have so much time and like Ray Definitely a looker, gorgeous gal, has her own amazing positive qualities that she brings to a relationship. And simultaneously, I think you both have so much inner work to do before you even get to a place where you can sustain a healthy long-term relationship, let alone marriage. Like throwing a ring on it, is it going to solve your relationship? It's not going to make you feel better about whatever it is that you're trying to use this to feel better about. Let's go like chill. Like they, mm-hmm. they really, they really, yeah, it's, it's starting to frustrate me because Lexi's like going into love bombing type shit. And I'm just like, stop, stop. Totally agree. Yeah. I'm annoyed. It's, 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 yeah, it's really frustrating. And the thing is, is like, I want to tackle the, the Vanessa situation. So at this, okay. At this cocktail party. I, know, I love your I know, face right now. I, I love your, she's like, I'm, we're about to get it. Okay. Go. I know. I Cause so you're, you're sighing and I'm like, I trust me. I already know. It's so frustrating. <laughs> so they're in this cocktail experience where it's like all of them together. Um, Ray is actively trying to avoid Vanessa, but she, Ray is a nice person and she's a friendly person. And I think Ray hates more to be awkward than to like, She's not, she's a people pleaser, but in this like tiny way, you know, where she's like, I don't want to make this person feel awkward. I don't want to be awkward, but I also know that like, I shouldn't really be talking to this person. So I'm going to say what's up and I'm going to get the fuck out of there, Yeah, which is exactly what we see her do. And it's not 
what Lexi wanted. Lexi wanted no. Ray to totally like scoot right by her, not even say hello. And so they're having this conversation and I really feel for Ray in this conversation because Ray was like, I, she's not saying this, I'm paraphrasing for her, but basically like, I what you want from me isn't what I did and I thought that I was doing the right thing. I thought we had a really good night. I thought that I like sunned Vanessa enough to be able to like be in, be in good step with you. And yeah. I, she basically saying, I did this in my way, which is I'm going to say hello to this person because I'm not an asshole and I didn't talk to her all night. So, yeah. And to the point to where Vanessa got the hint, like she asked, are you ignoring me? How is that not good enough? Exactly. Know? Exactly. Yeah. And Lexi is like, wow, Vanessa clearly still has so much power in this relationship. And I well, sat there and heard that I go, her. you're giving Vanessa power in your yeah. relationship. Vanessa is actually not that involved anymore. Lexi, you have a chip on your shit about Vanessa because of your dating experience with Vanessa. And I yep. get it. That informed you that this was a person that shouldn't be trusted. So stop bringing her into it when she's already For out. Real, yeah, exactly. I completely agree. It was it was wild. It was super controlling. Again, coming from a place of Lexi wanting to feel secure with Ray, like in Lexi's mind, she's like, if Ray would have just like cut it off and been like either completely ignored and not even said hi. The other option that Lexi presented is com or shut it down and set the boundary immediately and be like, I'm not talking to you, but mm -hmm. that's not Ray. And so right. it's like, you can't demand something of Ray. That's not in alignment with Ray. Like you either right. accept Ray for who she is or you don't, but you don't guilt trip her and shame her for not holding your standard, even though she's a different person. Not right. okay. Right. It really bothered me. Thank you Ooh. for saying that. I, I, she wants Ray to react in a very specific way, in a very narrow window of what's okay for her. And I know that there are going to be people who saw that and feel in alignment with Lexi to be like, yeah, if you love me, you will treat yeah. this person how you, how I expect you to treat them out of respect for me. And I yeah. just want people to hear themselves and maybe flip it and imagine what that would be like role reversed in yep. which someone is like, Hey, you can't greet that cashier. That's disrespectful to me. Like, it's just, it's, it's not realistic. You, the person who's setting that very narrow window of an expectation for your partner is setting both you and your partner and your relationship up for failure. 100. Yeah. Like you can't win. You You're can. looking for a fight. You're actually looking for a fight. Yeah. I feel like Lexi picks so many fights and it's like, mm -hmm. stop just because you're not getting your way. It's like, well, now right. it's a problem because I'm not getting my way. It's like, you're not two year any two anymore. Yeah. Miss, I'm 24 and ready to get married. This is exactly why you're oh not ready God. to get married. Sometimes, babe. sometimes when I meet people like this and don't get me wrong, I still think Lexi's like quality bones. I just think that she's yeah, immature. Agreed. Yeah. But I want to meet people like this and like, and I relate, I, I have been this person. So please know that when I say that this comes from a place of personal experience as well, my mom, my mom could absolutely attest to this, but like, sometimes you meet someone who's quite young, like in this like 21 to 25 age group, give or take a couple years here and there that, that seem, they talk about their selves and their lives. Like they know everything. 
yeah. about what they need, what they want, what's to come. And I sometimes, y'all, you just sound really fucking foolish. I yeah. say that with love. I have been very foolish when I'm like, nope, this is what's good for me. This is exactly what I want. And if I don't get it this way, it's just not going to work. And it's I just don't have time for it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. But you're also yeah. a little wrong. Yeah. Like life, especially when you're in your early 20s, like there's so much more to life to come. And there's so many like new opportunities and growth experience in so many different realms and, and that like not just work, not just love, everything in between that present themselves that it's like, if you stay so closed minded on like, this is the path I am creating for myself, you're going to miss a lot of life. Like you're missing mm -hmm. the point of life. Like mm -hmm. we are here to grow and evolve quite literally. That's all we've done up until this point. So it's like, if fucking enjoy the ride, just drop yeah. in. Enjoy just the drop ride. in. Yeah. We're here. Yeah. We're here with you. Mm -hmm. All right. Who's next? Um, Let's... Let's talk about Mildred and Tiff. Dun, dun, dun. Tiff okay. and Millie. Tiff and Millie. Oh, now I gotta listen to Lil Wayne's song. Such a good a one. A Millie, a Millie, a Millie. Classic. That one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really great lyrics. Yeah, analogies uh, out the wazoo. The first, the first conversation that we sort of have between Mildred and Tiff when we reconnect with them is about uh their communication style yeah interrupting and so i did i did want to sort of note that mildred brings up something that is valid but but as tiff points yeah. out like needs needs some room for looking at which is like they don't want to interrupt each other anymore and mildred was like how often do you feel like i don't listen to you or don't hear you and tiff is like literally all the time and then mildred got really defensive over that and mildred was like okay, but like, like I'm Latina and interrupting is part of our cultural, like my culture. And it's part of how we communicate. You've been to my family's house. We interrupt each other all the time. If you're not getting loud, you're not getting heard, which is true. Um, and it, it, it's, it's super relevant. And if it's something that like you and your partner are noticing is actually, if that works between you and your partner, interrupt each other all fucking day, but clearly it's not working. So when she's like, I'm always going to be a Latina. Like I'm always going to talk this way. Yes. Yeah. True girl. You are always going to be a Latina and, and proudly so like, please own that. And is this always working 100% of the time in your relationship with your partner? No. Yeah. Um, I honestly, I kind of have a, a issue with like, and this isn't like, we see this very clear with uh, Mildred and Tiffany here, but I hear it all the time on Instagram, like doing what I do, where there's a lot of unhealthy behaviors that are normalized or excused because of culture. And I'm over mm -hmm. it. Can mm -hmm. I say that? I'm over it. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't think we should be excusing hurtful behaviors um, because of culture. I really don't. I really don't. You know, mm -hmm. there's some places that are there's some areas where in the culture it's normalized to be severely misogynistic and, you know, talk down to women and treat women like your property. And it's like, look, I'm not coming for you if you still live in countries where that's the governing law, right? Like, mm -hmm. okay. But if you're coming to an, like a place where you're trying to get away from mm -hmm. the culture, you're emigrating, like whatever, I really feel that it's like, aren't you coming, like, aren't you leaving that for a reason? Like, can we adopt new 
like healthier behaviors, right? Yeah, and I, not and I treat think people like, like that. I think it comes with inventory of how does this fit into my relationship? Because if it works, if all of us are in agreement of typical gender roles that really fit into the patriarchy cross-culturally, yeah, that some people are very comfortable with that. And that's fine. Um, that's not for me to decide if that's – because that would be harmful to me doesn't mean that I can decide if that would be harmful for another person. Yeah. But what Tiff is saying is yeah, I know that that comes from your culture, but that doesn't work for me. No. And in me, in my case, like what I'm talking about, it's more than just the relationship. I'm talking about like people who, who might treat everybody that way. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. regardless of, and it's like, it's harmful. You're, and you're, then you're blaming it on your culture. And it's like, okay. You know, it's like, in my opinion, I, I, I stand again. Like, I don't think that's mm-hmm. okay. It's like mm-hmm. treat people with respect. Basic mm-hmm. human decency is respect. And it's like, if you, and I'm, you know, I'm also speaking from a experience myself in, when I like long time ago when I was waiting tables and I had someone like, you know, but it's like, you don't talk to people that way. You don't disrespect people that way just because of what's between their legs. Right. Like you don't. And it's just like, I'm, yeah, I'm just over it personally, but I agree with what you're saying as well. Like if it works for your relationship where maybe there's like an unhealthy habit, but it's not bothering you too as much. Mm -hmm. Fine. Totally. I think every couple has that to a degree, right? Mm -hmm. Like I have a friend whose partner rolls their eyes a lot when they talk to her. That bothers me. I wouldn't be Mm -hmm. able to be with someone who rolls their eyes a lot personally. Mm -hmm. But if it's not bothering them, go for Mm -hmm. it. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm just, yeah, I'm over people like not using basic kindness and then being like, well, that's how I was raised. So deal with it. And it's like, no. Well, I don't don't have to deal with it. I mean, that's the thing. Like to them, that might not be disrespectful. Showing disrespect is, is, categorized by a totally different framework of rules and values. So sometimes I want to give people the, the, the grace to be like, okay, in, in your culture, in your world, this isn't, this isn't disrespectful. It's disrespectful to me in this moment, waiting on you at your table. Like I, I, I'm having a hard time with this or it's disrespectful to me as your neighbor in this moment. Like this, this is hard for me. I don't, I'm not loving how this makes me feel. Um, Mm -hmm. and, but if we don't have those conversations and we're not willing to sort of like explore, not that you're going to have this with the person, with the customer that's at your table, but like, if we're not willing to explore and be like, okay, I'm, I want to understand where this comes from and why this has always been okay for you and relevant for you. And can I also understand how this isn't, I don't have the same culture. I don't have the same rules. I don't have the same values. And so that's why this gets in the way of me and my experience with you in this way. If we're not trying to have those conversations and trying to deescalate so that we can actually talk about it and listen, and instead yeah. we're just going to interrupt each other and get really defensive, then yeah, it's not going to fucking work. It's going to work. Yeah, and this is the totally. thing. It's like we we really saw Mildred get triggered again and we saw her engage in a pattern that gets to a place where she does a thing that she typically does, which is disengage and say like, okay, well, I'm not even going to be your fiance. So I'm out. Yeah. Like I'm, and that's another really unhealthy habit. That's normalized yeah, that's so bad. much. It's like, <laughs> like you, like we can't, we threaten the entire emotional safety of the relationship when we do that. Like, yes. And then it becomes the boy who cried fucking wolf. Cause now you say it 15 times that now the next time you say it, when you get mad at me, I don't believe you. You don't know? believe you at all. It's just, yeah. It's like, we, we, yeah, I'm not, uh, let's get away from that habit. 
I do appreciate so the, like the next time we see Mildred and Tiffany get, get Tiff get back together. Um, Mildred was like, I oh Tiff was like, listen, I can't. I like if we're in a marriage and you're like, okay, I'm gonna leave. This is why I have this fear that you're gonna leave. This is why I like I'm not gonna be able to stand for that. I'm not gonna be able to tolerate that. So like we have to we have to turn this part of our relationship pattern off and get it out of here. Otherwise I'm never going to feel like there's safety and security in our relationship. And I appreciated that Mildred upon reflecting their last on their last conversation and hearing this, she was like, honestly, this comes from my fear of being left of being hurt. So I run away, which is true. It's entirely true. Yeah. And I am realizing that like, I can't just hit the eject button if I want to see if someone stays. So I just, she was like, I have to look at myself when I start to notice that I have problems with my relationship with my partner. And I was like, fucking thank you. Finally. Finally. Yeah. Yeah. Finally. I also want to take a moment and give Tiff a gold star because I was flabbergasted at how how well they mm-hmm. set this entire conversation up. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, you deserve a trophy because I, t- I was so impressed, especially since like at the beginning of watching Tiff, they really struggled with communicating in a concise way, even when they were being upset, like when they were upset, you know what I mean? Right. And so we see her sit down with Mildred and just validate her. I understand you weren't feeling hurt or I understand that this is how you were raised. And I understand like very much like validate, validate, validate. And this is how I'm feeling. And this is what I would need. Like they did such a good job. I was so, I was honestly shocked that it was the same person. I know. It was beautiful. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Good job, Tiff. Good job. And then because of the way Tiff set that conversation up, it allowed for Mildred to articulate that because instead of Mildred being triggered and feeling misunderstood, right? So let me yell louder so that I feel understood or that you'll finally get it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. She was able to stay calm and self-reflect and be like, you know, you're right. Yeah, I do Mm kind of need to like take ownership of how I'm contributing to the problem, you know? Mm -hmm. Um. So that was the, honestly like one of the most beautiful moments of the entire show. I agree. It was cool. Yeah. I kind of got lost. Maybe it was just my interest kind of got lost as we continued yeah. to follow Mildred and Tiff throughout the next yeah. two episodes. Because I, I mean, I know that they were talking about some stuff that was really relevant. I think Tiff was giving Mildred her flowers with how she raises her son who Tiff acknowledges his special needs. And so Mildred has to care for him and help him learn yeah, about the world in a in a specific way, specific to his learning style, his needs, which I thought was really cool to learn about. Um, and I appreciated that Tiff was getting real with themselves about like, if Mildred and I are together, this is a responsibility that I could have for the rest of our time together. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's true when you have a kid that has a who might be neurodivergent or has just a ton of different needs. Um, you, you may find yourself being responsible for that adult child at the point that they become an adult for much longer than other parents with more able-bodied children, neurotypical children. And it's just something that I think people should consider responsibly because if you don't consider it and you're just like, yeah, no problem. Like, it'll be fine. We'll just work it out. Uh, Like, I'm just hoping for the best. That's when you build resentment 
towards your partner and their family situation when like that family, that child didn't deserve that. No. Yeah. And then other than that, I have like zero notes for them. (laughs) Same. Um, I do. I was scrolling down to the next episode notes um, with these two where it goes into like, how do you define love? Mm. Like, because so Tiff, again, very much like being intentional about approaching this about like with the lens of marriage. And so she brings up, she starts questioning Mildred, like, did you love your ex-wife? And Mildred's like, well, no. And then is like, well, I thought I loved her in that moment. And Tiff starts asking questions to understand Mildred. You know, I think Mildred is just struggling to articulate what she meant. I feel like I understood what Mildred meant because I feel, I feel the same about my ex-husband. Like when I got married at 20 in the moment, I thought I loved him because I thought my version of love was so narrow and so defined by what I had been exposed to, which wasn't healthy that I attract is love. Meaning like it was correlated like there were some similarities but it wasn't the depth of love that I've I know now that I experience now and that I've had in previous relationships where I feel safe and I feel way more free to be me right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so I feel like Mildred was trying to explain that just not doing a great job and you know because she was struggling to to articulate it it was making Tiff feel really worried about like you know how do I know you really mean it when you say you love me if like you married this last woman and like you didn't really love her but you still married her like that makes me nervous like how do you really feel about me are you just getting married to this like to be married right and I thought that was a really good conversation for them to have I just I wanted to the reason I wanted to bring it up is because I wanted to to honestly give Mildred a little bit of the benefit of the doubt here to be like I get what she was trying to say I just Mm -hmm. think she was struggling to, to really it. communicate it. And I understand yeah. the fears that come up for Tiff in that moment, but I think those are one of those moments where you got to like give your partner the floor to really share yeah. about their experience and then choose to trust them that what they're saying is true. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Yeah. Um, okay. Who are we going to talk about next? Aussie and Sam? We have to. We literally have This is to. hard. I, I have the most notes on this couple and it Me breaks too. my heart. Yeah. Me too, dude. Um, Aussie and Sam. We get to learn a little bit more uh, about Aussie's background, Everybody. where yeah. Aussie comes from, what Aussie's experience growing up was like. What we do learn is that uh, – Aussie didn't grow up in a totally, like not an emotionally available home, not a supportive home. Open-minded. Uh, yeah. There, there is no specifics shared about what kind of abuse was there, but there's definitely emotional abuse that, that Aussie has been left with. Yeah. It sounds like some religious abuse. Um, mm. I feel like I heard her bring up mormonism at some point did i make that up i could have sworn they alluded yeah maybe um it was when they were on the couch uh but maybe i misheard that and i really want to take ownership of that like i'm not sure uh for anyone Mm -hmm. listening but that's why i was like oh was that because what it sounds like is since aussie has not expressed to her family her orientation like and her gender fluidity like what she's going through and navigating right now mm-hmm. or, sorry Aussie's going through and navigating right now um 
that to me, like the assumption I'm making is some something along those lines. Like they seem very hyper conservative in some way, shape, or form. Where totally. it's like they're not going to be open to Aussie being who Aussie really is, and so Aussie has hidden this aspect of themselves for so long as a means of self preservation. And what family. it seems like Aussie's experience growing up was includes, so gnarly. Uh, yeah, it seems like Aussie's. Uh, not just the conservatism isn't creating a safe space for Aussie to be like, this is who I am, but yeah. their experiences growing up as a child being blamed for things that were going wrong we're created a very unhealthy relationship and dynamic between Aussie and their parents. Um, there is clearly a significant age difference between Aussie and Aussie's younger brother. Um, yeah. So it seems like Aussie took on a caretaking role for Aussie's yeah. brother, and I don't know if there were other siblings. Um, and if you hear thunder, it's because it's thundering. Oh my god, hear I that? heard that one. Yeah. yeah, and I'm so thankful. You, that's like ASMR for me because oh, we don't get nice. lightning storms like that out here, and I miss it so much. Well, you know what season oh. it is? It's it's cocktail hour rainy. shower. Yeah, rainy season. Yeah, yeah. Send it's me, like send me you a guys. Video. Anyone who doesn't live in Florida. Every it's pretty annoying if I'm totally honest. I'll tell you the parts about it that I love and the part that I hate. What I hate is that if I haven't gotten like I always get Tucker out in the morning, but if I haven't gotten him out to like pee and another like brisk like exercise walk something, I might yeah. not be able to get him out for the rest of the night. Yeah. Because there are showers that start up somewhere between one and three and they can last anywhere for just an hour to like the next five. Hours. Yeah. Hours. And yeah. the thing that I love about it is if the storms are distant enough, you can, because everything's so flat, like you can see, you can see lightning safely outside. Like yeah. it's like fireworks, personal silent yeah. fireworks. It's really cool. That's really cool yeah. about it. Yeah. I do love that. I do love that. I miss it. <laughs> do you remember one time, one of the summers that we had together, we were like younger. It's one of our earlier ones. We were riding around. Now it's uh, pouring. We were riding around on um, little like razor scooters in your neighborhood. And it started out, it was like really nice. And then all of a sudden it started downpouring. We were like pretty far from your house. We had to scooter back. We had to scooter back in the rain. This sounds vaguely familiar. I actually think that we took shelter in someone else's garage for a minute or two to like avoid it and then we were like okay we don't even know who lives here like we got a scram oh my god yeah. i don't remember that detail but i wouldn't be surprised if we did some shit like that yeah and so then there was drop. one moment where we like embraced it and just kind of like there must have not been too much lightning or anything because we we were like dancing in the rain with no urgency to get home and again Great. did anyone care about where the fuck we were no no, <laughs> no supervision no supervision we lived. Zero. We, we sure lived. did. <laughs> okay, so, um, okay, so basically, Aussie. I provide that context about Aussie's experience because I really want people to understand and see that Aussie's challenges with having like it, engaging in any kind of conflict is is Terminal. is challenging for very good reasons. Yeah, it's due to trauma, you guys, and and having that been said. I, I also feel for Sam a lot. Agreed. Yeah. I definitely think 
I think Sam has lost her patience with waiting. I think they were healthier when they came on the show because there were a few times where you saw Sam manage Aussie's avoidance really well. And I just think Sam, after being with Tiff, is like, no, Mildred. I'm over it. Like, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Wait, Sam was Mildred. married to Mildred. Sam was married to Mildred. I sorry, thought Aussie t- was married to Mildred. Sorry. Sam yes. was married to Tiff. You're yeah, right. I think after I think after Sam's thing with Tiff, she just got to a point to where she's like, I'm done. Like, I want to advocate for myself more. But mm-hmm. we need to understand that when we do that, especially with an avoided person, it's going to trigger them more. And that's right. what we're seeing with Aussie. Um, yep. And I do think that there's moments when Aussie starts to get dysregulated where Sam could pull back more. I think she's a little starting to get a little bold. Personally, I think she's getting a little bulldozy when she can see like Aussie's already riled up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like... I'm, I won't lie. Like I, I was like telling Aussie through the TV, like, let it out, like, let it out. Like, I felt like mm-hmm. I was in a session with her. I was like, that's right. Like, and are you it, talking, are out. you talking about what happened when they were out to eat with, with Aussie's friend and Aussie yeah. left and Aussie's friend went to go find them and Aussie yeah. went into like full trauma response. You trauma guys, res- literally fully, naming it like you, we yeah, fully like, witnessed a trauma response. And this is, this is, it is good to engage in that process and just let out your feelings. Let it and out. it was so clear that Aussie was teleported back into their childhood child. and was, yeah. and was, and was raging like a child and screaming like a child. Um, and Aussie's friend supported Aussie exactly how I would want yep. anyone to in that moment. Yep. Do not berate someone to be like, you're acting like a child. They actually need to act like a child in this moment. Yes. Yes, they do. They need to allow the response, the the whole, everything that's churning within them, they need to express it. They need to let it out so that their internal world can soothe. Yeah. And her friend ended up just co-regulating with her and hugging her as Aussie was like letting herself process and do her thing. And y'all like was it necessarily in a practitioner setting? Not, not really, but that's trauma work right there. Like, you know? And so mm-hmm. I want it like Aussie is, is I, I have, I'm not gonna lie. Like I, I don't pay attention to what people say online. So I, I haven't known if people are giving right. uh, Aussie flack about this, but I honestly thought it was the bravest thing they did this entire season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I just felt for her so much. So anyway, um, yeah, it, it was a moment where, and I think these two episodes, like you said, we learn a lot more and, and can understand Aussie. And now I'm at a point to where like, what makes me so sad? Cause I think, I think that Sam and Aussie coming in were the healthiest couple. And I think now leaving Sam's realizing like, this isn't like, I love Aussie and simultaneously she's not ready to like, wait for Aussie to figure it out. And so the note that I have in here is like, can please someone get Aussie a queer trauma-informed therapist Mm -hmm. who can hold because Aussie's hungry for the growth like Aussie is aware that they have stuff they need to work through Mm -hmm. and they really desire now a healthy they're open to to long-term marriage like come on like they just need the tools they just need the tools yeah and that's exactly the kind of client I would want in my world is like someone who's ready who's somewhat self-aware of like their patterning but he's like, I'm ready to show up and do this so that I can have the relationship that I actually want. So like it, Aussie's right there. She just needs someone to be able to hold her through this experience and give mm-hmm. her the exercises and, and, and the skills that she needs to manage, you know? Yeah. But like, fuck, I... she's right there. She's right there. Like, she's not, 
like i i hope everyone can see that this there's no she's not hopeless like there is this, she's actually so hopeful mm-hmm. with where aussie's at so yeah sorry go ahead that's okay no i agree i think that I I have this I have a similar note like Aussie really needs more support in healing some of the wounds that Aussie's experienced from childhood. Uh it's it's just going to be really important that they get that space and that they can get the tools to regulate their nervous system frequently regularly know how to do that in conflict, know how to advocate for themselves with their partner and in the same way that they're asking for their partner to be really cognizant of language that's used because this is what Sam's saying. It's like, I bend over backwards to create a safe space for you, which I get because if anyone does out of this group, it's for sure, Sam. Um, And I, and I also think that Aussie is going to have to take ownership of how like they oftentimes speak to others or their partner in a way that they do not feel safe being spoken to in response. And there has to be a little bit of like uh, a give and take there because if, if you want to honor the the work that your partner is doing, you want to be able to also give them a little bit of what their needs are. And Aussie's not always going to be able to do that, especially if they're triggered and that's going to be okay. But if they could also be aware that like, yeah, you don't want to take a certain tone with your partner, otherwise conflict will arise and then you're going to shut down. Yeah. So use that information to help manage how often you could possibly be triggered in your relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like so upset about these two. Me too. It, it really makes me sad because they're just so good. They were so good. And now yeah. they're a hot mess. I do. I do wonder, like we didn't get to see or hear from Sam too much at the beginning. I wonder how, if Sam was really honest and we got to hear it, how happy she was in the relationship to be such a passive safety curator in their relationship. Yeah. Like yeah, I wonder how put it. I wonder how long they have wanted to be able to facilitate space for their own voice and their own needs. Um, yeah. So I'm not totally sure if that had continued exactly as it was, how healthy the relationship would have been for very, or what would have happened to Sam. Yeah, at many yeah. many years down the down the, the road. Yeah. Hard uh, to say. So. Yeah. I guess, okay, should we make any like quick projections? You have a projection, uh, a prediction about what's going to happen with Yoli, Mal, Xander, and Vanessa? Dude, I have no idea. I have not the slightest clue. We saw a teaser that looked like on the surface. I turned the teaser off because I didn't want to know. Okay, so well, I didn't then I watch won't say it. Okay, so oh. I won't say it. Well, Do you, you can me tell me now. Well, yeah, on the ahead. teaser, it, like it looks like, okay, so what we do know, I don't know the context. What okay. we do know is that Yoli and Xander are like talking and caressing yeah. and hugging. And like, so in my head, they're trying to set it up as like, okay, Yoli's going together. to leave with Xander, but it could also be a goodbye. Could be meeting. that. And it could also be like, you know, film that's from them being together that they're playing now, trying to make it look like that. You know what no, I mean? No, it's, it's same day setting. Oh shit! Really? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like same outfit. In her fit? Yeah. Oh fuck! Yeah. See, I didn't see. Oh my mm-hmm. god, that's mm-hmm. juicy. Mm-hmm. That's juicy. Mm-hmm. I that's hope. Real juicy. 
Mildred and Tiff split. Yeah, I hope Mildred and Tiff. I basically hope everybody breaks up. <laughs> I hope everyone breaks up too. I, I mean, like, I didn't want Oxy and Sam to break up, but now I'm like, okay, they can break uh, there's, up too. There's definitely a part of me that would love to see Yoli and Mal stay together. Yeah, but I also would love Yoli with Xander. So, like, I'm kind of open to either choice there. But, like, Lexi Ray break up, Vanessa Xander break up, Aussie Sam break up, or get Aussie some support and maybe some couple support too, just so they can also have tools together. And Sam can, like, know how to, like, even better support but not enable like i think that sam could use some like language on like for like how to do that like thread that mm-hmm. line because that's mm-hmm. or tread that line because that's real hard but yeah i I, I need xander to leave vanessa i don't give a fuck who xander leaves else. with yeah i need xander yeah. to leave with leave without 100. vanessa and have yes. very firm boundaries with yes. being in touch with vanessa period if if okay, yeah. actually, we should talk about this really briefly. If okay. you are breaking up with someone who's who is like Vanessa, who is very charming, very alluring, use sex and attraction and love, basically who love bombs for a living. The fuck out of you. When you yeah. break up with that person, even though you are taking the first very important big step of freeing yourself from this person's web, you are not out of the woods, my friend. And I need you to no. know that. What this person will do is anytime that they have space with you, whether it's in communication or in person with you, they are going to play up on sexual attention. They are going to play up on their words of affirmation. I love you so much. I've been thinking so much about us. I just, I really feel like we can make this work. Um, they will, they will tell you anything and everything and they will do it in the sweetest of sonnets. To yes, make will. you feel, the sweetest of songs. it's just it, to make to make a yes very easy, and so what yeah. I would very much recommend, and this is I I would say that this is true for literally everyone, unless you have kids with this person, no contact for at least three months. Yeah, at oh least. God. Yes, I say more. I say I, forever. <laughs> forever, uh, at least. I mean, honestly, like. Let's let's do let's do AA yeah. rehab rules. In AA, totally. you can't you shouldn't date for a year while you're getting sober in your first year of sobriety. You shouldn't talk to your ex, your toxic ex, for a year. Yeah, because you are getting sober. Like there's science that supports this, y'all. Like we go through literal withdrawals, especially from a like I know this word's scary, but like abusive, manipulative relationships, we do because we get addicted to the hormones, the high highs and low lows of the relationship and the hormones released during those high highs and low lows. So it becomes this like chemical cocktail that we literally have to go through a sobriety type journey to get to a place of stasis. So we aren't reaching out 100%. Yeah. And it's hard. I've been there. It's real Mm -hmm. hard. Mm Mm-hmm. But do it. It's so worth it. It's so, so worth, worth it. it. All right. This what are is, we ditching? Uh, we are ditching. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we're ditching. We're ditching. Um, the expectation of our partner to 
react in a very specific kind of way that only fits like what we're looking for. So um, we got to leave room for people to kind of be themselves and like get a shared agreement of what does what does having respect for each other look like in the setting? If Lexi really wanted Ray to absolutely son Vanessa and not speak to her, they needed to talk about that ahead of time to be like, yeah, yeah, like, Hey, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I'm not going to be comfortable with you talking to Vanessa at all. And then they, Ray may would have been able to be like, that actually makes me feel really uncomfortable because not saying anything to this person seems really fucking weird. Maybe there's room to compromise and then Ray could have been like, is it cool if I just greet this person because I'm really uncomfortable doing anything but, but I will keep contact to a very low minimum because I don't want to anyway. They would have had a shared understanding. They would have had a shared agreement. They would have gone in. Ray would have done it. That conversation afterwards would have been totally different. Yep. 100%. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say we're going to ditch this like my way or the highway type attitude when it comes to our partner making requests. And I'm alluding to like uh, Tiffany being like interrupting's not working for us. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when we like, we can have habits from previous relationships, family, whatever, mm-hmm. all of us do, by the way, all of mm-hmm. us do. It's just how we are. Um, and when our partner brings it to our attention that that is harmful for them or our relationship, we need to be open-minded to hearing them out and coming to a resolution that works for both of us and our partnership. And if that is not something you're willing to adjust within yourself, then the relationship needs to end. But there is no world in which that we say tough titties. This is who I am. So be it. Mm -hmm. That's what we're ditching. Yeah, totally. A hundred percent. Don't love that. Will never work. You will never find someone that's just going to be like, yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. And nor is it a, a healthy relationship in that dynamic because mm-hmm. then the other person is just people pleasing all the time. Not the vibe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not the vibe. All okay, right. you guys. Well, thank you for listening. Like we said earlier in the show, we really hope that you listen to the whole thing uh, because there's some good delirious nuggets in the back here. And then sometimes you see Alex twerking in her little jumpsuit. And if you miss that, like you just got a show for free. Um, so where can you find us on Instagram and TikTok? You can find us at you can ditch the script pod. We are there. Um, yep. share our videos. We put out reels every week, good little nuggets of things from the show that are definitely digestible and good for your friends that maybe you're trying to have a hard conversation with. Um, yeah. uh, if you're listening to our show on YouTube, subscribe to us there. Uh, if you're listening to our show on Apple podcasts or Spotify, please say rate rate us review us say what's up say that you like us uh and yeah oh go to our go to our website for to ask questions or apply for a mini session um yeah. we offer free 30 minute about message. us share tell your friends y'all. share the show if you're share if you have your friends grandma. yeah if your grandma's watching the ultimatum queer love which i really hope or that even she if is not, yeah share the show anyway <laughs> Share the show anyway. If your grandma hears the beginning of the show and hears about what it takes to be in a relationship for 60 plus years and has any insight, let grandma know. Let us know. Yeah. Let grandma know how to reach us. Yeah. Yeah. We want to hear their wisdom, especially if it's like happy, happy words. All right. (sighs) Love you guys. Love you. Love you.